Control your thoughts through prayer and meditation. You can change it. You have that power. You work with God, you do God's will, and changes will take place. Welcome to the Health Quest Podcast, your guide to God's will for your health. Hello, my name is Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing surgeon for well over 30 years, and my goal for each episode is that you'll be able to have your mind transformed to God's design for your health and affect the way that you eat and the way that you live. If you're new here, we release an episode every week, and if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a good review? It really helps our ratings and allows us to reach more people and in turn, we can help more people as a result of your support. Thank you so much. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about your hormones. Guess what, folks? It's not your hormones. Let's dive right on into today's health quest. And I want to talk, first of all, about the thyroid gland and the thyroid hormone. And back in 1872, Dr. Theodore Kosher was appointed the chair of surgery in Bern, Switzerland. Now, back then in the 1870s, about 90% of the children and young adults were afflicted with goiter, which is a thyroid enlargement. And so he developed techniques of thyroid surgery and many other procedures that eventually earned him a Nobel Prize in medicine in 1909. So he was removing these people's thyroids. However, in 1883, Dr. Reverdin in Geneva, Switzerland reported that these patients developed symptoms of what is known as hypothyroidism. And these symptoms led to what is known as myxedema. And these patients were later given thyroid extracts in 1891, and that provided adequate treatment thereafter. But the amount of weight gain was no more than 30 pounds, folks, and half of that was edema or what we call water weight. In this picture, we have a, a, a photo of a gentleman that is suffering from hypothyroidism and developed myxedema. As you can see, he doesn't appear to be morbidly obese. That was without thyroid hormone replacement. It's routine in today's modern society and modern medical practice to take thyroid hormone replacement, especially if you have some form of thyroid insufficiency, Hashimoto's disease, or even having your thyroid completely removed. That doesn't account for 50 to 70 to even 120 pound weight gain uh, that we're seeing in America today, folks. Therefore, thyroid insufficiency, Hashimoto's disease, and even thyroidectomy does not account for 50 to 70 even up to 120 pound weight gain that we see in America today. So even having a problem with your thyroid, just taking thyroid hormone replacement therapy would usually correct it. But let's go on and talk about the hormones that are secreted by enlarged fat cells. Now, here you'll see in the diagram, actually there's a list of all these hormones that just fat cells secrete. Now we've talked about before in the past, all the immune cells that are, uh, that are stored in the fat cells, but here are the different hormones that the fat cells actually secrete. And we're gonna go over the three main hormones. 
And we're going to start off with leptin. And leptin works at two locations. Early on, it works in the peripheral tissue. For instance, when I say peripheral, I'm talking about something that's in the body and not so much in the brain or in the nervous system. And it works directly on the muscles. And it turns on the fat-burning furnace in the muscle cells. Then the muscles use the little stored fat in it uh, for fuel. And this helps to prevent the buildup of fat tissue in the muscle, which is known as lipotoxicity. So a buildup of excess fat in the muscle causes lipotoxicity. And we're going to talk about that in a later podcast and how that affects our insulin and our sugar levels. Later on, uh, leptin has a tendency to work in the brain. And this is the most important part because it activates signals that are sent back to the body by way of the autonomic nervous system. And these signals to the brain tells the brain um, that we're full or we're, and, and it's, it's called a satiety signal. And it tells us to stop eating. So once we get to a certain point, leptin is secreted by the fat cells. It's telling the brain, hey, we're full and we don't need to eat anymore, so we stop eating. And it increases with increased fat size, telling the brain that we've had enough stored energy or enough fat. And the third thing is it increases metabolic energy expenditure, which means we need to get up and we need to start moving. Now, when leptin decreases or when the levels of leptin start to fall, it tells the brain that we're hungry and we need to eat more. When fat cells get larger, they increase the amount of leptin production and secretion into the blood to be taken to the brain and suppress appetite or shut down the appetite and increase activity. If this is the case, then why do overweight or obese people always feel hungry? Over time, we keep eating, which is gluttonous. And of course, this is emotional. Um, depression is involved, anxiety. And here's when I ask, where's God? Now we develop these neural networks that we talked about in previous podcasts. These neural networks become our habits or our addictions. And more so, we teach our children this. Now remember Matthew Chapter 18, verse 6, but if anyone causes one of these little ones to, uh, who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck than to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And in verse 7, he says, Woe to the world because of these things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. So what it's basically saying is, folks, is... Here we are a very gluttonous society and we live in sloth. In other words, we eat too much and we don't do enough activities. So we go off and we eat all this fast foods. We eat chips and we have candy and cookies in between meals continuously. And we pass these habits on to our children because then they watch us doing it. So we're not doing them a favor either. And so we say that it's emotional or I'm depressed and we live in the greatest country in the world. But somehow we, I don't know, if we're, if we're not interacting with God or we're not doing God's will, and maybe this is why we are having these issues. But with overeating, fat cells get large and they secrete lots of leptin. But like insulin, the areas of the body that leptin works on becomes resistant. And leptin doesn't work anymore, no matter how high the levels are. And this is interpreted by the brain as if we are starving. 
Now, what are the three mechanisms by which leptin becomes resistant? Number one, the blood-brain barrier. Leptin must cross this barrier, and A, it gets saturated with an increased levels of triglycerides, and so leptin gets stuck. It can't get into the brain to do its work. Secondly, the receptors start decreasing or they become down-regulated, especially in the brain in a particular area called the hypothalamus. And thirdly, the intracellular signaling becomes disrupted. So there's three areas. It can't get to the brain. The receptors in the brain then down-regulate because there's too much. And then the intracellular signaling, which causes all those reactions so that the brain can say, hey, Something here is not right. This is what we have to do. All of a sudden, that stops working. The second hormone that's secreted by the fat cells, which is important to us, is adiponectin. Adiponectin. So fat cell size increases, but adiponectin decreases. So they're inversely correlated. And the function of adiponectin is that it increases energy in the level of the mitochondria. The mitochondria is that little organelle in the cell that generates ATP or adenosine triphosphate, which is basically the fuel that's needed for the cell and the functions of the cell. And it also suppresses uh, type two diabetes and it protects the endothelial or the lining of the vessels from atherosclerosis. It also lowers the uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha, which is important. TNF alpha is what basically stimulates the inflammatory response. It also promotes synaptic um, memory function. In other words, it, t it fires the nerves at a greater rate. And, and as a result of a lack of adiponectin, it, uh, we have a decrease in memory function or cognitive skills. And as a result of a low level of adiponectin, this is associated with attention deficit disorder in adults. What's more, adiponectin protects us from COVID pneumonia, interestingly enough. And it increases beta oxidation or what we call fat metabolism. So you could see the beauty of what this hormone can do for us that's secreted by the fat cells. But Remember, it's inversely correlated. So when the fat cells get smaller, the more adiponectin you start to secrete and look at all the benefits that you get from it as a result of that. Now, exercising also increases adiponectin levels and it increases the number of receptors in the skeletal muscle. And so when you do that, of course, by exercising, moving around, doing some kind of physical activity, we're increasing the level and we're increasing the number of receptors, which mean now in the skeletal muscles, we can increase fatty metabolism. And it also increases that part of the brain called the hippocampus, which reduces symptoms of depression. Isn't it fascinating that we get tied up in all these mental thoughts? And we talked about this in the previous podcast. And we start to feel sorry for ourselves. We play the helpless victim. And somehow we blame God for all these problems when God never did anything to do such a thing to us. But we get consumed by that. And then as a result, we start getting emotional. We start eating. We increase weight. And we start causing this disarray of physiologic challenges 
that puts us in a poor state of health. And so, folks, this is not doing God's will. There's things that we can do that we can change this as far as the food that we consume and the supplements that we take. Number one, we got to start off by decreasing the food intake. What's more, we could do things like the paleo diet or the ketogenic diet, okay? And a lot of people think that you got to consume all this protein, and I understand that, and it's great for building muscle, but even decreasing the calories, and it's the type of foods that you need to eat. Now, folks, you can get a thousand, you could do a thousand calories a day, and you could do that by eating three Milky Way bars a day, but that's not a healthy way of approaching the thousand calories. The paleo diet consists of eating uh, fish, birds, uh, meats, vegetables, nuts, fruits, things that are whole foods and they're organic. Yeah, a ketogenic diet, of course, you reduce more of the proteins and increase your fat intake, but it's good quality fats. And then you combine that with taking such supplements as berberine, uh, your fish oil, uh, turmeric or curcumin, ginger root, green tea, uh, capsaicin, uh, which is in uh, the hot pepper seeds and not too much of it because it'll cause acid reflux. And so those will start to help reducing the size of the fat cells and then increasing your adiponectin. And of course, it turns into a positive cycle where it just keeps getting better and better and better. The third hormone that's, um, uh, that's released and increased with obesity is resistant. Resistant. Interesting that they call it that. And the reason being is because it's involved in insulin resistance. So it contributes to uh, insulin resistance and eventually type 2 diabetes. And it causes the low-density lipoproteins or the bad cholesterol to increase, and that increases cardiovascular risks. And this also uh, increases the production of the bad cholesterol in the liver and it impairs the liver's ability to process that bad cholesterol and to remove the toxins from our body. Also, it accelerates the LDL or the low density lipoproteins accumulation in the arteries causing cardiovascular disease. Now, so we've gone over two things thus far. We've talked about the thyroid and being low thyroid. We talked about the three hormones that are secreted by the fat cells the leptin, adiponectin, resistin. Let's talk about the third thing that happens to us as human beings when we get older, and that is menopause and andropause. Menopause for women, and we know that estrogen stimulates leptin, and that decreases the appetite. That's why women never really eat that much compared to men. It's because that estrogen stimulates that leptin. And then what ends up happening is estrogen decreases in menopause. And so we have a decrease in leptin and an increase in appetite in food. Now, what ends up happening is, is we consume an excess amount of food and that increases the fat. And so we start to secrete more leptin as a result of that. However, the leptin levels start getting too high and over time the fat cells increase leptin output, but the re eventually, we develop the leptin resistance that we talked about earlier, where we're consuming too much fat, which the triglycerides blocks the leptin at the level of the uh, blood-brain barrier. It also uh, downregulates the receptors, and it disrupts the signaling inside the cells. Now, testosterone, on the other hand, suppresses the effects of leptin. 
That's why you see men eating more ferociously. But testosterone, when it decreases as a result of andropause, it decreases the energy, decreases muscle mass, we start to do less work, and we continue to eat in excess. And then over time, the fat cells increase, increasing the leptin levels, which over time results in resistance. So what are the keys here, folks? Number one, control lifestyle, control your actions. Remember the words of our Lord, I love you, I hate your ways. And that's what we have to change is our ways. Control your thoughts through prayer and meditation. You can change it. You have that power. You work with God, you do God's will, and changes will take place. The other thing that you could possibly do is hormone replacement. Now, when I recommend hormone replacement, and I'm not talking about in the old days using the synthetic hormones that could cause an onslaught of uh, side effects. Today, we have the capability of taking natural bioidentical hormones, and sometimes you have to see um, a physician that does alternative medicine or uses these natural bioidentical hormones. These replacement uh, therapies are very beneficial, help you to stay young, help you to maintain your hormone balance. If not, then you've got to stick to a good way of life that will keep you from putting on all that extra weight. I want to thank you so much for watching our show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review and visit our website and social media accounts to connect with us more. If you'd like to see any of these sources of research in this episode, they'll be available to you on the show notes in the description. Until next time, have a great day and God bless.